Hey everybody and welcome back to another episode of Mainstream Boy. I'm your host Jonathan and today I'm joined for our 10th episode by the one and only Spencer from Those Movie Dudes. This week was full of some not so mainstream new release films but we watched them anyway. First, we went along for quite the ride as Tom Holland plays a damaged orphan who enacts revenge on the corrupt individuals of a post-World War II backwards town in the Netflix original, The Devil All the Time. Then we hop on a plane over to Tokyo as Alexander Daddario becomes an alcoholic and submissive sex addict in The Lost Girls in Love Hotels. Lastly, we follow a modern author who gets a horrible wake-up call when she's transported back in time to be a slave in the horror thriller Antebellum. If any of those tickle your fancy, stick around. You know, how how how, how was your weekend? Nope, that's not how we're going to start this episode. How was, um... This is... You can't do weekend? that, though. This is... this. It's good. It's good. Watch football. You know. Uh, managed my fantasy teams. Ate some, uh... Ate some Cape Cod chips. Played with some puppies. So all in all, not bad. What about you? That's good. I, uh, you know, celebrated my birthday this weekend. As somebody, some, oh, yeah, somebody forgot and didn't say anything during the entire day. But that's fine. It's not like I... I prefer if you didn't talk about that. Oh. Because that makes me look really bad. Does it? Oh, well, imagine how it made me feel. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I don't really have a good excuse, but, like, we... Uh... I think I mentioned in the last week's episode, I'm like, oh, it's birthday boy next week or something. I definitely said that. Yeah. I mean, just, so, like, I knew it was coming knew, up, but Facebook but didn't remind no, me. Yeah, you just just forgot, you know. Welcome back, everybody, to Mainstream Boy, hosted by me, Jonathan, with Spencer every single week. Uh, we pick some new release mainstream films. They may not be as mainstream as we would have liked because theaters are closed right now. But yeah, it's kind of the show where we watch those movies rather than kind of the classic, classic black and white movies that bore the living shit out of you. So we'll kind of we'll grab a big bucket of popcorn, large Mountain Dew, some snow caps, and we'll sit down and watch movies like Bumblebee with Haley Steinfeld. This week we do have three new release movies. I would say none of which I would really classify in any sense as mainstream. Maybe yours. But I I haven't seen it, so I'm not entirely sure, Spencer. Well, I mean, for one, The Devil All the Time that has a massive cast, pretty mainstream cast. So you got to go. You can kind of make the argument there. Yeah, I, Antebellum was I supposed guess. to come to theaters because it's Lionsgate. It was supposed to release in April, and then it got pushed to like the summer, and then it got pushed again, saying, you know what, September 18th, where theaters are open and video on demand. So that's how we were able to see it. Um, so that was supposed to be a pretty big mainstream movie. It was going to be in theaters. Uh, probably would have been in the top five of the box office that weekend, I'm sure. It was a slow week. Annabellum, yeah, no doubt. Annabellum. Uh, and then, yeah, the, I don't know, whatever one that you watched, that was not very mainstream. Yeah, I would say that is, it's it's honestly mostly a, uh, like a Japanese cast, and the studios behind it are, I've never heard of them, and I don't even think they were in English, so... Uh, definitely not a mainstream film, but it does have a mainstream actress in uh, Alexander Daddario. So, anyways, this week we covered The Devil All the Time, uh, with Netflix original film, Tom Holland, Haley Bennett, Mia Wasikowski, Bill Skarsgård, Robert Pattinson. So, you know, quite the cast, as Spencer said. Uh, we also jumped into Lost Girls and Love Hotels with Alexander Daddario. And we watched, or Spencer watched, Annabellum, 
which I think is available on VOD right now. It's not actually streaming anywhere. So I, f I figured we'd go ahead and, and start out with uh, The Devil All the Time, because that's the first one I wrote down, and we both saw it, so why not just kind of get right into it, Spencer? How about that? What do you think? Not the direction I would have gone, but you are the host. That is totally fine. And uh, yeah, that's all. that's all right. We can start with The Devil All the Time. Um, anyways, yeah, The Devil All the Time on Netflix now. If you'd like to watch it at one point, I believe it was the number one trending film. So I'm thinking a lot of people watched it and didn't really know what they were getting into. But um, sinister characters converge around a young man devoted to protecting those he loves in a post-war backwoods town teeming with corruption and brutality. That really tells you nothing because this movie is a fucking wild ride. Uh, has a 64% critical rating on Rotten Tomatoes and an 83 audience rating 7.2 on IMDb so overall pretty well critically um, reviewed and from the audience as well but it's only been out a few days so that could change um, directed by Antonio Campos who did Christine another entirely depressing movie so uh, I'd say this is definitely in his wheelhouse um, but we do have a very all-star cast we got Robert Pattinson in here playing a child molester Haley Bennett Tom Holland, Mia Wasikowski, Bill Skarsgård, and the fucking best actor of all time, Jason Clark. So... You think he's the best actor of all time? <laughs> yeah. Oh. No doubt. Jason Clark, number one. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but did you really know what you were getting into th with this movie? Or, yes. Uh, yeah. Were, is it somewhat of a surprise? Okay. No, I knew that this yeah, was so supposed to be <laughs> super dark, super violent, uh, brutal. Just kind of look at the South. Uh, in the late 50s, this kind of gritty, um, religious town uh, where just people have agendas, people have motives. And it's, yeah, I mean, I, I knew that this was going to be kind of a heavy movie to sit through, but I think I was mainly looking forward to seeing uh, the performances because this is an all-star cast. Uh, Tom Holland is obviously giving like a really dark kind of uh turn like a d d little dark performance that you don't usually see because we very we're much so used so. to him being no, i don't want to say like the disney actor but he's so family friendly he, like he appeals to all ages so like you haven't seen him go to this like level kind of like how like uh zach efron first started doing it with the paper boy and that is the movie that i compare this the most to is it felt see, kind of like the, the paper boy yeah just this like southern like dark gritty violent nasty movie where like you just feel like you want to take a shower after watching it uh and that's what both yeah. of these movies are like the tone of this movie and just like the sense of uh how i felt just uncomfortable watching it kind of reminded me of uh midsummer where these these people are just insane religious kind of just i don't know just going to those levels of un of discomfort but you know you get robert pattinson in here playing a fucking absolutely insane child molester character slash pastor, which was just insanely weird to watch. Didn't really expect to ever see him in that role, but he's he's definitely taken a turn with these more dramatic performances. And then yeah, Tom Holland, you like you said, you kind of I see him as Spider Man and but he's done other roles as well, hasn't well, he? He was in the impossible are like that somewhat was more dramatic. Like really young, but like the family surviving the uh, tsunami. I don't know if you, Oh, was he in that? Yeah, he was, was one of that? the kids. Um the with Naomi Watson, Ewan McGregor, uh, but uh, like I think he's also in. Oh, he was in the Lost City of Z. I don't know if you saw that one. I've seen you that. Have. I don't remember it really. He's in that. It, he has like a, he has a mustache, and also Robert Pattinson's in that as well. Um, so that was 
they've been in a movie together before. So, I mean, I guess he's dipped his toes into some kind of darker roles, but this is definitely the darkest I've seen him go. And he was definitely oh, good yeah. in the movie. I feel like he, like, yeah, like stuffs his cheeks with, like, cotton balls, though, because, like, I always feel like he's, like, he's, like gritting his teeth, like, so, like, fiercely in every scene just to kind of get... I don't know. Maybe it makes him feel like he's a little more intense, a little more dramatic. <laughs> I don't know, but yeah, maybe it was pretty funny because yeah. in every scene it looked like he had like cotton balls that he was like clenching on. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, Jason Clark, really? He's your favorite act. I, I still can't go. No, over. I don't know why I said okay. that. I I actually think that he's just they have him in too many movies and like he's in whenever a lot. I see Jason yeah, Clark, yeah. I'm like, why? But he's a why? He's like a I remember actor. when he was in Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, I was he was like. The lead in the trailers, they were like uh, advertising the movie, just like, oh, by the way, Jason Clark is in this. You should go see this movie. I'm like, I don't care. Well, yeah, I mean, he's not the um. lead of those <laughs> movies. I mean, Caesar, Andy Serkis, the visual effects, the mocap, Weta, the, oh, sorry, Weta. That that is the focus of the Donald Trump of the Apes movies. Oh, entirely. Movies. But then Jason Clark was like the uh, his adversary. Basically. Yeah, he was and the was human like, eh, character. You know, Carrie Russell was the actress, <laughs> uh, the lead uh, actress. But I mean, regardless. I think he's still a good character actor. I mean, he's he does pop up in a lot, but he's pretty good. And um, the girl in the lodge, Riley Koff, she was the wife or mm-hmm. girlfriend of uh, Jason Clark. Their whole side subplot was just so disgusting and fucked up. Bizarre. It was dude. hard to watch. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, most of this movie was hard to watch from start to finish with uh, uh, Sebastian Stan's character. Yeah, or uh, he played. Did he play the dad? Or was Sebastian Stan, no, he was the police it. officer who gained a whole bunch okay, of weight well, he was for the role. pretty messed up as well. I mean, yeah, because, I mean, he's, yeah. in the, he's, a, he's the Winter Soldier, obviously. So, I mean, oh, Bill Skarsgård, Pennywise. He was the father. and he, His character was was messed up, dude. Oh, my God, yeah. Really but, I mean, up. he was also suffering from PTSD at the time. Uh, I mean, coming back from the war and then losing his faith in religion and then also kind of like getting it back and then losing it again when everything goes south on his life. Um, so he was a very damaged character, and he was the first 45 minutes. I mean, if you notice, like, Tom Holland doesn't appear until 45 minutes into the movie. And then it's, it's kind of like Place Beyond, right. the, Place Beyond the Pines in the terms of, like, the story structure, where it's like the first act is, like, uh, these two characters, Haley Bennett and Bill Skarsgård. Second act is Arvin, basically Tom Holland and Robert Pattinson, that kind of stuff. And the third act was, like, the Jason Clark Riley Cough stuff, and then obviously Tom Holland becoming the and Tom the Holland real as well, yeah, exactly. So it was weird how it like yeah, and I actually like thought that was the story was was really well done, regardless of the uh, the subject matter that was really depressing and dark and gritty and gruesome in so many different ways. But I thought the story was really good. The performances were really good, and I think it also was a test because it's based on a book. Uh, it's it's an adaptation of a novel and the narrator is the author of the book oh yeah the narration was weird it worked kind of but like i don't think it really needed it it didn't maybe just because it's based off that subject matter it's also very sporadic it's not consistent like it just kind of appears again it's like oh yeah there's narration but it was weird that they went with the author of the book who had not he hadn't done any of the uh he hadn't done any voiceover before. He didn't even do the audible version of his book. But yeah, he's doing the narration in the yeah. movie. It's just kind of a weird choice, but it was it was okay. It just reminded me of like a chapter book, a really dark, disturbing kind of like 
novel. That's what the movie felt like. Yeah. And it's, it makes sense because it's an adaptation. I don't know what it is, dude, but I feel like we've just seen so many dark and depressing movies lately. And watching this right after basically Babel. Doesn't really phase from you our last anymore. Episode, as fucked up as that is. It's, <laughs> it's just like, it's you acknowledge it, but it's just like, all right, that's just another movie that got greenlit and got a whole yeah, bunch of money. I feel like we've seen so many dark of and these, depressing dude, like, and violent. That and that see that's why mainstream boy you know for the most part we try to focus. I would like to find more mainstream upbeat happy films like Mulan or. Uh, I mean, last week know, we had like Unpregnant, which was talk about next kind week. of a, a, a fun ride, um, and the Babysitter yeah. sequel. But that's still so like ultra violent, like gore. Yeah, but it's dumb. It's fun. dumb. It's, like, yeah, it's not something that it's not like you look at this and it's like wow, that person is literally molesting a child. No, this will make this you stare at your feet for the rest of the day after you finish it because it's just yeah. like oh. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> like it's, it's yeah. Jesus. I felt like I had literally all the dopamine sucked out of my fucking system, yeah. and I just felt like shit for pretty much the rest of the day. I just had to do something to maybe watch a few episodes of Family Guy. Yeah, it's just one of those movies that you got to take your mind off things that, afterwards. But... That being said, though, I do think it's it's well made, and I think it has good performances. It's it's a little bloated. It's two hours and like twenty something minutes, maybe mm. maybe a little shorter than that, but. It feels a little bloated at times, um, and yeah, I mean, I, I did like it. I'd, I'd go fresh with it. I gave it a three out of five. It was good. I don't think I would ever really want to watch it again, unless I'm going back to kind of being like, oh yeah, like I wonder how like I want to listen to Robert Pattinson's weird Southern accent again, <laughs> or like, yeah, I don't know. It's on Netflix, so you can easily just. Put I would it on definitely again, not go back to this yeah, movie again. It's dude. not one that I, mean, I want. There's, to there's no way. I'd, it's uh, movies like this that kind of um, explore these very dark, gritty religious undertones makes me uncomfortable. Um, I just don't like movies that are deep south uh, that that just I wouldn't want to be in one of those churches where people are just like screaming at the devil. And like there's there's that one scene where the guy literally tries to resurrect some woman he just murdered oh, dude, in front that of that like, scene people. made me sick to my stomach. Like, yeah, seeing what dude. he was going through to try to, like, get in touch with God and what he did. I'm just like, oh, my uh, fucking God. Just so that subject matter up. just really hits me in a weird place. I don't like it. And I could see a lot of these things coming, something to do with a sister. It's just, like, the worst possible things you can expect to happen pretty much do happen in this movie. But it is a good film. It's made well. The performances are great. Um, and I think the storytelling was, was, was well done as well. So I, I give it a three and a half. I think it is a fresh movie, but definitely not something I would want to revisit. And, uh, not the type of movie that I would normally want to watch on, on this segment. So hey, Netflix devil all the time. Netflix. Yeah. Number one trending. Go ahead and check it out. If you're into that type of thing. Uh, but that's going to bring us to movie number two, which Spencer did not see. I actually, I actually just kind of threw this in the podcast last minute. Spencer recommended it. And, uh... <laughs> I didn't recommend it. I just know that it's a movie <laughs> that came out this weekend that you could also go and check out. Plus, it stars literally like you're obsessed with Alexander Daddario. She's probably one of I your favorite yeah, actresses. Kind of. uh, if this movie had like Alexander Daddario and Sydney Sweeney in it, I probably would give it five out of five. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> yeah, so I did not see <laughs> just this without movie. even watching. Um, it. I just knew that it came came out. So well, anyway, it is uh, Lost Girls and Love Hotels. Weird title doesn't really tell you much of anything, but uh, yeah, stars Alexander Daddario, and I don't really know any of the other Japanese actors, but it has Caris Car- Van Houten in it. Who's that? Uh, who plays Melisandre, the Red Woman in Game of Thrones? Remember the one that is like 
has the red hair and fucking is with Stannis the whole time Who's and Stannis? burns people alive and stuff. Stannis Baratheon is... I don't know who that is. Stannis. I mean, I've seen the show once. Renly Baratheon's brother. He's the one that gets killed by Brand of Tarth when she's with the Wildlings. You fucking do not pay attention Jesus to Jesus Christ. All of those names just went right over my head, dude. I swear <laughs> to God. Whatever. If I showed you a picture, you'd be like, okay. Uh, but yeah. Anyways, she's in the movie. She kind of just plays uh, Alex Dodario's friend at one point. Doesn't really have much of a purpose. But that's cool. Yeah, she's, uh, she's in Japan, um, and she basically is an english teacher for japanese girls that want to become flight attendants okay so like so she teaches them kind of uh the lingo and you know that when they're in the aisle talking about the life vest and stuff she teaches them that. that's a very job. specific um, job title but i'm sure they exist yeah, I mean, yeah i mean you gotta you gotta train you gotta train those that even i mean know. people who want to yeah so it okay yeah, but yeah <laughs> uh yeah she does that um <laughs> But in her in her free time, when she's not doing that, she's kind of running into random Japanese men on the street, having sex with them in bars, oh. and eventually going to the Love Hotel, which is kind of a place where you can rent a room, and you can either rent it for the night or just to rest, technically. Um, and she kind of just has sex with a bunch of random dudes, and the fuck? she actually has these uh, very submissive sexual fetishes where she wants to be like choked with belts and tied up to beds and what the fuck all kinds of <laughs> what weird is ass this shit, movie? okay um <laughs> um all right but in the meantime she's also technically like dating this guy basically just having like hardcore sex with him uh as she's gonna get married and she's a chronic alcoholic as well so it's it's a dark depressing fucking movie with alexander daddario 43% critical rating on Rotten Tomatoes, 4.6 on IMDb, Ooh. 38 audience. Slow. Not great. It's very rotten, but it is produced or it's directed, first time directorial debut for this guy who was an executive producer on Swiss Army Man, Spencer. Oh, okay. That's a fun little uh, comedy <laughs> movie. Paul Daniel and Daniel Radcliffe. Oh, Robert Pattinson, no, right? No, Paul Daniel, Daniel Radcliffe. Oh. Daniel Radcliffe plays a dead body oh. that farts a lot. Strange. You, you've seen it. But this right? is also a kind of a strange movie. I think I've walked in on you watching it and felt uncomfortable one time. Yeah, it's unsettling, but it's it's awesome. I'm sure it would I would I would feel good afterwards, probably more so than You'd the like other it. movies I watched today. But yeah, this was a weird one, dude. Um, I you know you don't normally see Alexander Daddario in roles like this. I feel like she does all of these like independent movies. Like I feel like she does like 17 movies in one year. She'll pop up in like like Baywatch, like a mainstream one, every now and then. And then like if you go on like apple itunes on demand it's like every other like directed vod rom-com is just her like smiling with another dude i'm like how many of these has she done i mean good for her she's getting work and a lot of paychecks but uh this one looked like obviously a change of pace i mean the poster she looks very very like intense like she's gonna kill somebody <laughs> and it's like a neon like purpley green kind of colors and it looks interesting like it looks very like Kind of like Only God Forgives type it, vibes. It was, had an atmospheric tone kind of like that. Yeah, it actually, I was thinking of, yeah, actually, I think I thought of Only God Forgives while I watched okay. this movie. Because it, it has very kind of um, saturated color tones and stuff like that. And, and it's also in she's Tokyo. She's also in Japan. Yeah, exactly. So she's kind of, yeah, out of her element and stuff like that. No, you're absolutely right. It's just strange, I think. But just seeing her in a role, she did play it really well. Um, I don't normally think of her as a very talented actress but she pulled this one off she played an alcoholic kind of just sect addict you know in a dramatic movie like this pretty darn well so 
I was actually impressed with her performance. She's been, she, yeah, she's getting a lot of praise for her performance. I only know that because the those newbie dudes podcast uh, Instagram follows her on Instagram, so I saw her like clip oh, out well, like articles yeah. praising her performance, like giving herself some clout. Uh, so like that's the only like introduction. Yeah, I, I wonder who went out of the way oh, to okay. follow her. It was probably me. Probably that's what I'm saying. Um, why the four point six on IMDb? I think it's kind of got to be the same situation as maybe Only God Forgives, where people just look at this movie and it's not what they expect. Okay. Maybe they expect something different, and they just to be fair, they're like, "Why it's is got she?" Six hundred and thirty-six ratings. It's extremely low. Like, like feel like you were one of the people only people. It. I mean, you're probably one of the only people that's seen it as well. <laughs> so, like, uh, yeah. I, I mean, I, honestly, like, this is a very out there type of movie. Very independent, it seems. It's and it's also weird to see a mostly Japanese cast, and then they just throw Alexandra Daddario in there. It's kind of like, it's just you know, all these American movies seem to do That's that. What I'm saying but she has connections. She's in all these movies. <laughs> it was definitely an out there movie, but I don't normally expect her to play roles like this. But she she pulled it off pretty well. She was definitely the best part of the movie. I wouldn't really look at any of the other actors as much of anything in this movie. It's pretty much entirely hers. Um, but she carries it pretty well, and I was I was entertained for most of the movie. It's just the subject matter is weird, so I would probably I'd probably throw it at a two and a half out of five. I don't oh, I don't think it's anything okay. that anybody needs to check out. It's but not bad though. There's enough there that I would say this is this is a good. It's a good. It's a good movie. It is a good movie. Bad. You think it's a good one? Yeah, I think it's a good movie. Okay. So yeah, Lost Girls in Love Hotels. If you're an Alexander Daddario fan like me, there you know check it out. But Spencer. That does bring us to your film that you were so excited to watch this week. Uh, little little horror or thriller or something like that. Well, yeah, I mean, I knew... You want to go ahead and... I mean, I'll let you introduce it. But, I mean, you said that I was excited for it. Not really. You seemed pumped the other day. You were like, hey, do you want to like get some dubs? I'm gonna, Or I'll go ahead and watch Antebellum. I was like, oh, shit, go ahead and watch Antebellum. Well, that's the thing. It was because like, I, I knew that it was supposed to come out to theaters. It had, it had like a big budget. Like You'd seen those trailers, and mar- they were actually already marketing like crazy uh, the weeks before everything shut down. Um, and uh, I like Janelle Monet. I think she's a really good kind of up-and-coming actress. She was in Hidden Figures, and she was really good in that one. Oh, she was also in Rio, too. Was she really? Yeah, I guess. I mean, she's a I, that's uh, what I had. I had a hidden, musician. Hidden Figures in Rio, too, written down, so... Well, she's a musician, so she does like oh. music for all these movies. And Rio, she probably played a bird at some or in the film. They're all birds. I think there's other creatures. It's kind of like wildlife. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, Annabellum. The only thing when I see that title, I all I think of is that like, that country band, Lady Annabellum. Yeah, no, that's very true. That, did that come to your mind? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, but no, so I, I, I just. Big budget. It's kind of like a, it looked like it was gonna be a possession horror film. Uh, I don't know if you yeah. saw the trailer for it or not, but that's all I really remembered. And then obviously it came out. It was, it was, the marketing came out it was like, oh, September eighteenth, VOD and limited theaters. I was like, okay, it's coming to premium VOD. And I'll check it out because new movies gotta check them out. Yeah. Uh. So Annabellum, I did watch the trailer by the way, and uh, it it looked interesting. I thought the 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 plot or the the concept they were kind of going for looks kind of fun. Uh, but anyways, it follows a successful author by the name of Veronica Henley who finds herself trapped in a horrifying reality and must uncover the mind-bending mystery before it's too late. That told me nothing, so yeah. I did have to watch the trailer. But it has a 5.5 on IMDb, a 27 critical score on Rotten Tomatoes. Okay. Yikes. 
and but a 64 audience so you know maybe it is an audience pleaser has two directors Ger gerard bush christopher renz uh they haven't done anything so this is pretty much their directorial debut uh has jenna malone and janelle monet like you said i'm not sure how big jenna malone's character is but she was right up there on the uh the she's, cast list, she's, but John, she's the fucking lead. She's in like every scene. Jenna Malone. Yeah, Janelle. Yeah, J or Janelle Monet. Oh, There's, I'm an idiot. See what I'm saying? I'm an idiot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I got this. Jenna Malone the is same like same name. I was like, what the fuck? I know it's confusing, <laughs> dude. Jenna Malone. Yeah, she was. In, uh, yeah, yeah. She's like the white girl. Uh, she's one of the girls from Hunger Games yep. or whatever. I don't know. Uh, a side character in a lot of movies, but other than that. I'm I'm going in blind here, so you're gonna have to tell me your thoughts on Annabelle. Okay, yeah. So it starts out, and it's like they're on a plantation. It's a very uh, I don't know. It seems like it's in the South uh, during like, the Civil War, uh, where like the slaves and stuff. And it kind of seemed like it was like a twelve years of slave, where it's just people were getting whipped, tortured, brutally murdered, uh, burnt alive, and stuff. I'm just like, what the fuck like okay like Jesus. i didn't think this was going to be the movie because i really didn't know much going in like i didn't know the critical rating i, I knew that it was yeah janamone as uh i don't know like it was back in time or something like because there was marketing clips of her like in present day new york and all of a yep. sudden she's on a plantation so i was like okay so i'm interested to see how that plays into it but the first 45 minutes and there's going to be some slight spoilers but honestly summed up that's fine i don't it, think it you really it sounds should. like you're not going to give it a yeah i don't really don't think you should check this one out at all anyone really this is just a failed black mirror uh episode that was turned into a movie okay um well the spoiler warning is in effect yeah. if anybody wants to skip to the end so the, to my outro go right basically ahead. the first 45 minutes of they're on this plantation and just her friends are getting like raped and murdered and it was just, it's super dark and racist and disgusting kind of like uh what's the movie uh the Nightingale. Uh, oh, dude, that's what it was kind of like at first, but like it has it. It looked really good. Like the cinematographer definitely has an eye. He likes to shoot at like sunset, and he likes to play with mm -hmm. some like frame rates with the slow motion and stuff like that. He he, it has like, a nice visual look, and so like the first forty five minutes are on this plantation, but it's 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 hard to watch. And then the next thing you know, like she was laying on a bed and the phone rings. It's like what? A phone's running. That's interesting. And then she wakes like up. Like she's still in that yeah. time. Yeah. And then she wakes or... up, and then she's yeah. like okay. in bed in present day with her husband and young daughter. And then the next second act, which is like twenty five minutes, it's just her going to her dinner with uh, her friends. She goes and she's an author, and she's promoting her books. So she goes to like give a little like speech about like um, empowerment and stuff like that. And it's like it takes a whole U turn. It's like what? It's like a whole separate movie. And then obviously. The twist is basically and here's full spoilers. The this Here these like southern white people have basically created a West World situation where they bring they kidnap these like black oh. people and they bring them to this like plantation that's like basically made to you to think that it's like the Civil War time and they just pretend like it's the Civil War time. And they, they No fucking way, dude. But people. they legit kill people. Yeah, and it's so it's just so it's like, what's the point? Like, it's just like, it's like, why do we need to see this type of movie? <sighs> is this like my biggest issue with it? Because like, it is not clever in how they have like the story unfold. Because the thing with the marketing is like, I thought it was like a time travel type thing. I was like, this is going to be kind of interesting. Yeah. 
But the fact that it, they just kind of lazily ripped off Westworld and made it so, like, cynical and dark and, like... It's not, like, empowering no, in any way. Like, a, they don't, it like, doesn't have yeah. a, a message. It's just so, like... In your face, <laughs> especially in times like this, yeah. man. Like I, I, I don't know when they filmed this. It could have been a while ago, but yeah. the way that you describe it, it sounds like I like Westworld. So when you said it, I'm like, okay, that's kind of interesting. But I could see how it could be done terribly. Yeah. So <laughs> it just wasn't. Um, <laughs> it just wasn't handled in a way that was entertaining at all. It just it, they made it just so like you should hate these characters because of what they're doing. It's like obviously we are. It, it's it's fucked up and brutal. It just wasn't clever in yeah. how the story was unfolding because, like, I felt like if this was a Black Mirror episode, it would have been probably riveting. It would have been intense and insane and just crazy. But this Definitely. movie it was just bloated. It didn't it didn't unfold in an interesting way. Uh, the performances by Janelle Monae, she was great. Uh, I mean, I think she's going to continue to act and do a great job. But just this was a movie that I just didn't really want to sit through. <laughs> Especially yeah. once I got the first scene out of the way, I'm like, I, I literally paused it and I was like, should I do something else right now? <laughs> like, should I just like, I don't know, play <laughs> some video breather. games. Yeah. Like, I don't know, do something completely else, like different because I was, I realized the type of movie that I was getting myself into. And then I was like, okay, but what helped me, what made me press play again was just going forth and seeing how, twist was gonna uh, um, happen and it just happens in did the you know way. what i mean there had to be a only a because twist of the trailer coming at some point only because of the trailer yeah, so okay. i would have been even more interested to see how i would have reacted if i didn't know what was gonna happen i just think the marketing really fucked it up and thinking that this was gonna be this like i don't know like it definitely seems like time travel yeah or something in like the that. marketing i'm like okay they somehow go back in time whatever and with that i thought they were gonna um, have like a message with like the one like the modern day stuff versus like back then i thought like something was gonna happen i think it definitely shows with the just the critical rating too it's like if you're gonna explore concept like that like that you got to make it clever you got to make it interesting and empowering especially in the times like this so Clearly, 27% it shows that it was not, but there's those mainstream audience out there like, oh my god, this is like Westworld. The, this is cool. The most exciting part of the movie is the very end. It's a, basically a, uh, it's all in slow motion with this like really intense like uh, epic music playing as like she's riding on a horse in slow motion, escaping the plantation as like all the like Civil nice. War actors are like trying to shoot at her with like their like muskets and it's like they're modern day people trying to use the trailer yeah it is and she's like holding a a tomahawk or an axe and she's like screaming and like i forgot she like runs out (laughs) uh of like uh the woods into this like picnic area and these like tourists are like looking at her and the police are there it's just like oh my fucking god (laughs) like this is so fucking stupid that's just so strange Uh, but it was an entertaining sequence so i give it that but yeah no antebellum don't waste your money and watch this movie it's not worth it. One and a half out of five. So clearly, you uh, you you side with the the critical rating more so on this film. Yeah, it just wasn't it wasn't good. It wasn't entertaining. It wasn't clever. It was just kind of it was hard to sit through. Didn't did not enjoy it, unfortunately. Yeah. Well, uh, I'm glad I didn't watch it. Uh, probably, you know, from what you said, probably would be fairly low on my list. Uh, of I think I actually just hit thirty films the other day, which I thought I had way more, but uh, now I have. Two I more might to almost add to be in the forties. I don't know. I'm low this year, obviously. I hope I can get to at least fifty, because otherwise, I'm probably not even going to be yeah. that happy with my I mean, top ten. A lot 10, more is going to come know? out, especially uh, 
VOD and streaming. And that's the thing, though, is that all of these VOD and streaming movies, they're fine. Like they're just so hit or miss, fine. though. Sometimes there's a great one, but yes, yeah, the there's not a great. There really isn't like a great one. That's the issue. I mean, there's no like Stars Born or Greatest Showman. You know what I mean? I don't know. It's just been a very lackluster <laughs> year in general. But even just with the movies that have been released in this year, it's just I don't know. That's gonna do it for Mainstream Boy this week. Uh, next week there is one movie that we I guarantee you we will watch. I'm very excited for it. It's a little change of pace from this week. Um, but yeah, we have Enola Holmes with Millie Bobby Brown, Henry Cavill, right, coming out on Netflix. Uh, so you excited for that, Spencer? Yeah. Wednesday. This Wednesday. Right? A little, little Millie Bobby. Yeah. Well, and Bob. You can't wait. <laughs> it's going to be the most yeah. mainstream, <laughs> generic shit. It's going to be fucking awesome. I think... Easily, we could dedicate the whole the whole episode to that. I'm sure we could go into detail about you know you know the, the Millie Bobby's uh, past films like Godzilla, King of Monsters, and Stranger Things, and we could just talk about her whole progression as a as a mainstream actress. So it sounds so exciting, don't you think? No, I'd rather not do that. But um, yeah, I'm kind of too bad. Yeah, I'm stuck. I don't really have a choice unless you can find another movie. I think there is something coming out on Disney Plus as well. Uh, a few days after that one. So if that seems interesting, maybe we'll we'll check that out. But uh, thanks for listening, guys. Uh, I am Mainstream Boy. Thanks so much for listening to episode 10. Spencer, I forgot to send you the cake. I'll see if I can get around to it. You forgot to even say happy point. birthday. So, I mean, that's, you know, it's all good. Yeah. Not, yeah. Maybe next year, buddy. Yeah. We'll, we'll try uh, again later. I feel pretty, fu- I feel bad. That's fine. It's all good. Uh, sorry. It happens. <laughs> that doesn't normally happen. I feel fucking terrible yeah. about it. Yeah. yeah. All right. All right. I really can't tell if we're still good friends after that, but I guess we'll find out down the down the line. Well, I guess I'll just leave it as that at this. You are already as awesome as you need to be. Toodles. I don't I don't know how I feel. I don't really like that. That that makes me feel like I can't improve as a person, and that's really terrible. Thanks for listening to Mainstream Boy. Next week, we dive right into a storybook with the Netflix original film starring the one and only Millie Bobby Brown alongside Henry Cavill. Good old M. Bob plays the younger sister of Sherlock as she unravels the mystery of her missing mother in Enola Holmes. It doesn't get much more mainstream than this classic tale. I know Spencer and I are excited, and you will be too. Join us next week for one hell of an episode. Mainstream Boy.